2: Yep, Now, now, now we get your rainforest, or now we get whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. frankly, it's brilliant. Yeah. If All I could right, do so my life over 14, again, I would
0: be working for them. <laughs> no mention of the metals and, and 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 minerals or where they will come from for this "quote unquote" energy transition. And interestingly, on number fifteen, it, they exclude data not supportive of the narrative, and. If you pull up that chart that I wanted you to start with, this is a great transition.
2: Uh, This Um, is the annual CO2 emissions by world region. Right. So that's CO2. Now, anytime you see
0: GHG, greenhouse gas emissions, anytime you see these charts and tables and graphs anywhere in the media, they are only counting the, the greenhouse gases that exclude water vapor. You can Google this. You can go look it up. Scientists have proven, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, that water vapor is 95 to 97% of all greenhouse gases. So CO2 is a large portion of the remaining 3 to 5%, which means it's not big at all, right? Mm -hmm. But all of these charts, all these graphs, they exclude water vapor because it doesn't fit their narrative. Now, this chart is it tells you everything you know about need to know about the EV cars and we got to save the planet because CO2 from uh from fossil fuels is going to burn the planet up and it's creating all this 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 problems this chart is the annual CO2 emissions by world or re, you know in the regions uh going back to 1979 and, and if you go to the website, and you hover your mouse over this chart, it gives you that these boxes that I've I've screenshotted. It gives you the box over the year, uh, but it won't stay there when you try to print. So what I did is I took the cursor back to 1979, took a screenshot of the box on the left, and then went to 2021, took a screenshot of the box on the right, and I printed the chart as a PDF and then pasted these two boxes on top of the PDF chart so you could see the data. Notice the total at the bottom. 1979, we went from 19 billion, whatever, billion uh, tons of, of CO2 to, what, 30, 37, right?
2: Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to get this sized up here, so the whole thing was on here. Where, uh, where did you want me to look? Go to the plus sign. Go to the plus sign on your PDF
0: above okay. the, at the top of the document. Right here? Hit the plus sign. No, no, no. Go see where the printer sign. Yeah, right there. Oh, you twice. want me to zoom in on there for you? Yeah, yeah, zooming in. Okay, so we go from nineteen point six two billion to thirty seven point one two. Okay, whip out your calculator and do the math. That's seventeen point five. Okay, seventeen point five billion. That's what it is. Right now, look at the ones I highlighted in green. If you add up the ones from 2021 and you subtract the ones from 1979, the the levels, it's 17.3. So in other words, Southeast Asia, China, and India uh, account for 100% of the increase in global CO2 emissions in the last 42 years.
2: Yeah. Oh, this and then, yeah, this is the chart we looked at uh yesterday. So when you're looking right. at nine yeah. So nineteen seventy nine, we're just saying you have a total of uh nineteen point six billion. In twenty twenty one you have thirty seven point one two billion, but that additional seventeen billion comes from Asia, China, and India. That's right. But yet you listen to the nightly news and they tell you it's the it's the, the
0: diesel truck that you're driving pickup truck that you're driving down
2: the highway. I I can't even believe this is crazy that they would even allow this because when you showed this to me <laughs> yesterday, it's crazy that they would even allow this data to come out. Well, then again, it's probably you and three other people that are actually looking at it because you have <laughs> the United States in 1979 and then you fast forward 42 years to 2021. Yeah. And, it, and it's actually folks, it's not close. It's the same. It's the exact same. (laughs) Yeah, it's 5.01. The United
0: States CO2 emissions have not moved in 42 years. But we have to go buy an EV car.
2: Right. And then Europe, you know, European Union, they actually have it coming down. Uh, Down by a third.
0: Or a quarter. Down by a quarter. 4.1 to 2.8. Yeah, Down 25, 30%. And then all of Europe is actually down also by about a third.
2: Yeah, that's insanity. So this document, let me just see real quick. So the audience says this came out of um, climatewatch.org. Oh, climatewatch.org. I think,
0: it's a UN, I think it's a UN sister sister document. I think it's climatewatch.org.
2: Read the bottom there. The source is World. In data oh, Our World and Data based on the Global Carbon Project 2022. Ourworldanddata.org yeah. slash uh, yeah, people are looking their for data. it. Just look this up Our data. World and Data. Yeah,
0: yeah. this is their data. This is not from some scientist that disagrees with them. This is their own data.
2: <laughs> now, let me ask you, because it's interesting. Um, during your research, when you're going through this stuff, do you, just like the geological survey for Finland that does not fit the narrative that you see on the nightly news, when you find these kind of documents, like this one here, is there any context that they're providing why they would publish a document that disproves what the climate grift narrative actually is? Well, so look at this chart closely, Okay. Look at the chart part,
0: not the boxes I I copied and pasted on there. Look at the chart part. What year does it go back to? 1750. 1750. How much carbon was being emitted in 1750? Well, according to them, zero. Well, we were horse and buggy. Yeah. Right? So very little. Now look at that massive climb from 1950 to 2021 in the in the graphic. Right. What would that what would the slope of that climb be if that far left x-axis was not 1750 but in fact
2: 1979? It'd oh, be yeah. Flattened out. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's interesting. So they put this together
0: in a, in a they, way they to deceive the starting period. To fit their narrative. It doesn't look so alarming. If your starting period is 1980.
2: Exactly. I mean, if they put it at uh zero, you know, or uh minus uh, or one uh, BC, <laughs> then uh, it would literally, you'd have a straight up in a, a line, just going straight right. up in the air. Yeah.
0: Right. So that it looks more alarming than it is. Hoping people don't actually pick up on that.
2: But you know what that that it's amazing how simple this is when you're using you know graphic designers and the people that know about creating infographics and memes that your entire i mean billions of dollars in research that went into actually giving these numbers if they're real just to then have a graphic designer go hey guys look let's just pull it back to 1750 and I'll show you how we scare the crap out of her it's genius man it's genius that if you is... just
0: looked at the graph and you didn't study it you would think holy crap humans are going to cause the planet to burn up
2: yeah that's not so that's why so that's why you say why they would release something like this because they can just yeah. take the real data manipulate it through the infographic and use it as a way to scare people cherry pick the start dates that is phenomenal i love this All right, let's show a grift. You ready? Are we looking at the electric highway? Yes, we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this document. This is the electric highway study. It's the summary sheet, which is only three pages. The The actual full study is like, I don't know, 80 or 100 pages. Um. <laughs> anyways, what they want to do is they want to electrify an interstate going from Boston to Buffalo across Massachusetts and New York. Okay? So if you scroll down, we can look at some of the things I highlighted in the three pages. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not hard. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want to integrate the right number of high-powered chargers. Uh, and, and
2: yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm um, pull this up on full screen. Yeah, yeah
0: perfect. Chargers, the site operators that can allow drivers to charge quickly along that interstate. Electric trucks will need significantly more power. Um, but it'll be met by the highway fast charging systems and some sites would require as much electricity as a small town so this is like a truck stop that's going to need the electricity of a small town to charge all these 18 wheelers the ev version of 18 wheelers okay all right scroll down a little more and let me uh, yeah okay and then there's something i wanted to ask you here yeah they, they're going to develop the grid upgrades that that could take years but by acting now
2: We might be able to get there. (laughs) We must act now. Now, this is funny because we were talking about this the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago on the phone. And I I had asked you, because I was just doing some basic math after, I think it was after episode 88, because you had piqued my interest on this. And I was like... I don't, wait, do you have to pay to charge your electric car? Because I know it was a Tesla was giving away free energy for a while, or I don't know if they still do. But anyway, I start looking into it, and I said, dude, it's costing you as much per gallon as it does to use gas to charge the electric car. But now we know that if your electric car battery dies, you have to spend twenty to $40,000 to replace that battery. I mean, it's insanity. You know, when we were looking, we were actually running the numbers that night, and it was like, yeah, it costs you more right now to charge your electric car than it does to put gas in the car. Well, look at the, I don't know if you had the ability to quickly pull up
0: on the fly that chart I sent you uh, via text about what happens to the charging power of those electric batteries if the temperature is below 70 degrees.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I can't grab that quick. Um, so
0: we'll put it up, but we'll show it. But basically, it's got kind of it broken out by EV type. Uh, you know, whether it's a Tesla or whether it's a Chevy Volt or whatever, and twenty they lose twenty to thirty percent of the charging power if the if the temperature is less than than seventy degrees. And there was an article over the recent cold snap that went across the country. Some guy was he posted a video. He's trying to charge his Tesla. He was at like, I don't know, 19 or 15% battery left, and it would not charge at a supercharger because it just kept saying, warming the battery. And the temperature was so cold outside, it never got warm enough to actually charge the battery.
2: Wow. And and I told you, uh, an engineer that I know, uh, the company they work for, they build vibration testing equipment for satellites and weapons, all kinds of government contracts, and they're trying to get into... Uh, developing testing equipment for battery manufacturing because obviously they think the industry is going to, I mean, at least for them, it's going to blow up. So he was out at a car trade show and he was telling me, I mean, folks, this is just like real-world intelligence from someone in the industry. He's talking to a guy who's in the battery manufacturing business. They were talking about lithium and graphene oxide and stuff. And the guy starts laughing to him. He goes, listen, let me tell you something. I know you want to get in this industry with the testing. He goes, but don't ever buy one of these cars. And he goes, why? And the guy said... Dude, there's thousands of people burning up in these fires. Like, literally, you can't put the fire out. So there was another guy at the show who had a new fabric he was trying to manufacture and sell for fire departments to be able to throw on top of the batteries to put this out. So they start having a conversation, and he, this guy has no clue how I do the show. So I didn't even tell him. I just pretended I was interested in what he was saying. He goes, yeah, the guy said there was a kid up in Connecticut that just died. He was 16 years old because one of these blew up. He said there's thousands all over the country, but it's rarely reported on because the news media and stuff doesn't know. The difference between a battery fire and a, and a gas fire and he said we're just keeping it quiet because these things are blowing up and you can't put the fires out then i was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday who had bought one of those electric bicycles for mountain biking he told me <laughs> yeah. he started doing a bunch of research after he got it he leaves the thing outside in his shed like 200 feet from his house because he's so afraid that it's going to blow up and he said that he combustible started yeah, he started reading all these articles about mountain bikers that are getting lit on fire when they're going down a trail and they bang the battery by accident and it blows you up. You literally have a fire under your ass. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy dangerous. And he was telling me, the, the engineer was telling me with all the testing, a lot of this stuff is just getting pushed through because they're creating kind of like the state of the emergency with the the COVID jabs. They're allowing a lot of this stuff to go through. He found out, because again, he's trying to get into the testing side and he's saying to these companies, well, who's doing the vibration testing for you? Who's building the equipment? We haven't seen any competitors. The guy said, a lot of this stuff, we don't have to test it. There's all kinds of regulations that have been taken down and we can just push these right out to market without doing any testing on them.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
0: So in other words, there's no safety testing. We can just put out a car that's going to fall apart like Flintstone style on you just to sell
2: the EV stuff. (laughs) And blow up, and blow up with you and your (laughs) family inside of it. So, I mean, it's just, you know, these are the things that most people don't think about. And I've heard the stories from some of these same engineers I know. Uh, One of them actually is my stepfather, and he was telling me, you know, he, he went and looked into, you know, solar panels, and he was running the numbers on that, deciding if it was worth it. And he discovered it wasn't because he was more interested being down in, in uh, Texas to be able to run his system sort of off the grid. So we were playing around with the numbers again one night, you and I were. Guys, if you wanted to build an off-the-grid solar panel house like completely off the grid you have to have it's something up to like 15 backup batteries that have to be yep. replaced every three to six years on a cycle the solar panels when they're running 24 7 like that they have to be replaced every like six to ten years <laughs> i figured out over the life of 30 years so say you got a mortgage on a house that's going to cost you this gonna be 30 year mortgage over the same 30 years you were going to spend anywhere between three hundred and seven hundred and fifty thousand and to have this solar Panel system that takes you off the grid from not it having the plan. Yeah, to save just, the planet. Yeah, mine would be more to not deal with the utility company. But when you look at it, you right. go, it's not even worth it. And I've heard stories. Uh, I knew a guy who worked for a contractor that was a installer for uh, the Tesla solar panel, the shingle system. And this guy told me he went to. Uh, you know, training seminars a couple of years ago, and he's sitting in the training se- seminar, and the instructor who was actually employed by Tesla. Was telling them, you know, when you're installing this, be very careful. There's radiation. And he he raises his hand. He goes, Well, you know, well, what happens to the people that like live in the house? Does this cause any long term problems? Guy said, That's not your problem, man. You're an installer. You get sent out to a job and you install it. I'm telling you how to protect yourself. And he goes, Yeah, but what about the families? And so, like, does it cause problems? And he goes, Not our problem, buddy. Not our problem. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you're hearing when you actually are asking questions of people on the street that are inside this industry. Well, and you think about the cost, right? So if they can somehow
0: get more wind and solar electricity into the power, into electrical, you know, uh, mixture, the co- they know the costs are going to go up. But that leads, okay, that helps them, doesn't hurt them. How does it hurt them? It helps them because they want UBI. They want people not to be able to afford to live so
2: they can roll out UBI via a CBDC chip in your hand. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I mean, and I just had that happen with uh, my stepfather. was saying uh, close friends, of uh, him and my mom, were looking at it and he warned him. He said, listen, don't get the solar panel stuff. I did all the research. It's not worth it. Just if you're looking at getting into it based on saving money, it's not worth it. And on top of it, unless you're doing all kinds of, Dangerous battery backup system and everything. You're literally just sucking in energy, sending it to the power company, and then they're giving it back to you. And if you supposedly produce more, you'll get a credit at the end of the month. It's not worth it. And so these people go, No, 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 you could like run your house with it. They went and they spent $45,000 from some sales guy that knocked on their door, put the system in. And then two days later, they were calling my stepfather and they're like, Hey, this doesn't work how we thought you're not actually storing energy. And he's like, yeah, I told you that I warned you not to get the thing so that they get it. They realize if they get another, just like they had the cold front come through the, the couple week, or last week, just like last year, all of a sudden their power goes out and they realize they don't have power because the solar panel isn't actually generating power for your house. It's just collecting energy and sending it back to the grid. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's generating power for the power company, for the power company exactly. And then at the end right. of the end of the month, you get a credit of eleven dollars and seven cents. I know. And you paid forty five thousand dollars for a system that, and, and like, it was funny because my stepfather said, and this goes to show you guys like how the green griff works. The guy who came to his door to try to sell him one last year, which is what got him interested in doing the research, he was telling me it was a nice young kid he was probably 20 years old maybe in college he had no idea he wasn't an engineer he obviously knew nothing about electricity he was just trained in probably a five-hour course on how to sell something and he said this guy was totally convinced that the system worked and he goes and if i was an idiot then go research it i would have wrote a check
0: oftentimes it's that the young person is not even trained to sell you because my daughter's ex-boyfriend took a job uh, fairly recently doing this his job was to knock on doors it the company was selling solar panels for homes but his job was to knock on doors and get people interested in having an appointment with somebody else the real salesperson to come out
2: oh and wow. they, pay, so means-
0: they were paying a lot of money for for him to schedule appointments and he got paid extra if the the people actually kept the appointment
2: oh so he was just out there generating leads that's it yep yep wow not anyway, bad back, not to, bad. The, back <laughs> to the electric highway it's crazy okay.
0: so the demand will come from not only passenger vehicles but electric trucks and heavy duty heavy duty vehicles from public and private fleets okay all right uh by 2030 some sites will exceed delivery limits for the low voltage dis- distribution grid fortunately and this isn't bold Fortunately, many highways overlap the high voltage transmission system, which can be tapped to deliver the power that drivers will need. I don't need to read the rest of this. Go to the next page. There's a picture, or go scroll up. I think the, the picture was above it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, so one. the next page has got a picture of like a large truck stop with a with a nice little you know convenience store and these places for tr- 18 wheel tr- wheeler trucks to charge up and these cars to ch- all these car every parking space is a charging station and then next to the convenience store but which, which by the way has a bunch of picnic tables because it's nice outside all the time it's never cold in new york or massachusetts um they got it sh- a, a substation built right there on site connecting to these high transmission high voltage transmission lines okay so this is what prompted me to go ask the question where does massachusetts electric what's the mixture of massachusetts electricity and what's the mixture of new york's electricity because they're showing you right here so guess what on the eia it's a government uh, admin, uh, agency The Energy Information uh, Administration, they have a a site. And I didn't know this existed until I looked it up. It's got every state in the country. And I'm going
2: to have Dustin click on Massachusetts. All right. So we're over here. This is EIA.gov slash state. Yep.
0: Massachusetts gives you all this data. You scroll down to the middle of the page. Hey Jim, there's a, a warning up
2: here though. It does say we want to hear from you. So check out our new state energy portal in beta and send us your feedback. So if yeah. you'd like to send in some <laughs> feedback, you the can public do service
0: that. announcement. Yeah, yeah. All right. So keep scrolling down. It's got a map there, the whole country again, which we don't want. All right. So here's this graphic. The first, it, it it populates automatically by the consumption by source. Well, we don't want consumption. We want it it's got a tab for electricity. So click electricity. Oh, look at that. So Massachusetts has roughly uh, 1,100,000 megawatts of power comes from natural gas. About 50 megawatts comes from hydroelectric. And about 300 comes from non-hydroelectric renewables. So 300 from replaceables and 1,100 from natural gas. So all those trucks hooking up to the high voltage transmission lines in Massachusetts are actually charging their trucks with natural
2: gas. (laughs) Which, just to make this clear for the audience, proves your point uh, that even with all this green energy stuff, natural gas and uh, oil are not going going anywhere. anywhere. So now let's go back and pull up New York. Oh, and and let me just, uh, this is a good opportunity here, teaching moment for you to explain. So they said non-hydroelectric renewables. You said replaceables, and you told me yesterday on the phone, we need to start using that. You were going to talk to Mike Moore at the Thomas Paine podcast. Why is that, Jim, to call them replaceables and not renewables? And that's not my term. Guess who came up
0: with that term? The lead scientist in that geology survey of Finland. (laughs) he said renewables are not renewable they're replaceable we have to replace the metals and, 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 and minerals that we mine uh <laughs> to build a solar panel build a, ba- a ev battery we have to replace them every five to ten years he exactly. called them replaceables and i think that's the perfect term so let's look at new york
2: okay oh, new york, all right. you know you it's would good. New york, new let's york see here.
0: Okay, same process. We'll go down, we'll check the electricity tab.
2: <laughs>
0: well, what do you know? So, the replaceables is about 500 megawatts of power. The hydroelectrics, a little over 2,000. Nuclear is about 1,700, And, oh, 4,900 megawatts of power is natural gas. Now so 4900 for natural gas and about 500 for replaceables.
2: Now didn't the uh Green grift used to hate nuclear? Weren't oh, they yeah. always fighting nu- nuclear plants being built? Yeah, but now they're all about nuclear cuz it's it's not fossil fuels. no now here's the other thing. So when they have the category here petroleum fired I mean, I don't know this. I'm asking you. Do they make, ele- is there electricity that's made using? Uh, it's
0: very small in the U.S. It's very small.
2: Okay, so well, well, mainly.
0: What that is, it's very small.
2: Yeah, right, right. So I'm saying mainly what you'd see around the world is what generally natural gas, nuclear, coal. and coal. And coal. Natural gas, yeah. coal. Then,
0: uh, well, Coal's probably the largest in the world. Then natural gas, then nuclear. Uh, And then you've got hydroelectric, you've got biomass, which could be, you know, cutting down forests and wood chipping all the trees to to burn the wood chips to create electricity. (laughs) That's saving the planet, you know, because it's not natural gas. (laughs) And by (laughs) the way, guys, you you know, I live in South Carolina. My parents live in North Carolina. It's about a two hour drive. I like taking the back roads uh, on short trips because I don't want to be on the highway. And it's, it's just more... It's not it's less stressful, let's put it that way. And I drive right past a gold mine. Okay, literally, right past one. And if you have ever seen one of these mines, it is a massive plot of land that is being dug up with huge mountains of dirt. It's not eco-friendly at all. <laughs>